This is the Horse Radio Network. Well, hello, everyone. Glenn the Geek here with the Horse Radio Network, and you're listening to Episode 2 of the HRN Auditor Roundtable. This is a show where we get a few of our uh, Horse Radio Network auditors together to talk about horses and life. We are putting this episode out on the Stable Scoop radio show feed for all to hear. It's kind of like eavesdropping on the tack room conversation. And I'm here as a facilitator, and we'll ask questions and hopefully sit back and relax like the rest of you. I, 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 I'm getting sick of hearing myself talk on the show, so I'm sure you are too. Let's let somebody else do that for a while. Real quick, an auditor is somebody who has seen fit to value the Horse Radio Network programming so much that they're willing to pay as little as a dollar a month, and and a lot of the auditors as much as $25 a month, just to help support the network and the hosts that are on the network. Uh, And they do that by visiting horseradionetwork.com, clicking on the auditor banner in the middle of the page, and that'll take you to the page that explains uh, the benefits of being an auditor and also how you can help out... uh, well, 50% of the money goes directly back to all the hosts. Well, tonight we have three of our auditors with us, and uh, I, I, you'll recognize Horses in the Morning listeners will recognize a couple of them. And we're going to start with a neighbor of mine down here in Florida, Mary Farr. Hi, hi, Mary. Good evening. How are you doing? Good. Now, where are you from in Florida? I'm in northeast Florida, just a little bit north of St. Augustine. St. Augustine is our county seat. I'm in St. John's County, Florida. Oh, St. Augustine is beautiful. And, and if you ever come into Florida, you've got to stop and visit there. Absolutely. Beautiful. And good restaurants, too. Mm-hmm. Well, well, Mary, tell us a little bit about your horsey self, kind of the Reader's Digest version. Okay. Um, we have a, a small farm. It's a stewardship forest, so trees are our big deal. And my husband has cut three miles worth of trails on on the property, and I have two horses, a um, Hanoverian, 14-year-old Hanoverian mare, and the manager, boss of the whole farm, is Parcheesi, a 22-year-old Arab-Danish cross. Of course. He's an Arab. The Arab's going to be the boss. Absolutely. And I just got, <laughs> two weeks ago, a new border. Uh, a 10-year-old quarter horse mare and her 16-year-old uh, owner-rider who's worked for me for a year, so she's going to be working off some of her board, and that's going to be great. Oh, terrific. Well, that's terrific. Yeah. Well, very good. Let's have uh, a couple of co- questions about Horse Radio Network for you. Uh, how long have you been a listener to the shows? I think it's almost three years. Good. We like to hear that. And what shows do you uh, listen to? Every one of them. Yay! You get a Every gold star. Yeah, um, I get them on my podcast, and I flip it on to go to the barn, turn it off to ride, flip it back on, and I listen to every one of them. Good for you. Thank you so much for doing that. We really appreciate it. And you already well, we, answered the third question, how and when do you listen? All the time, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> yes, <laughs> all the time. All the time. Well, very good. Thank you, Mary. Uh, Ruby Kaufman from Arizona. How are you, Ruby? Doing good. Now, Ruby's our youngster of the group, our teenage... Yeah. I think you... Are you the youngest listener we have, I think? I don't know. I think so. <laughs> and how long have you been listening? I think I'm going on three years now, too. You were a baby. You were in a cradle then. normally when we hear from ruby on the morning show and horses in the morning she's in her because she's in arizona and it's very early there she's in her pajamas calling Mm -hmm. us from bed with her cat purring in her ear uh (laughs) ruby uh tell us a little about your horsey self uh well unfortunately i do not have a horse at this point um but i'm hopeful that can be kind of rectified uh in the next couple of years once I'm able to um, drive and get myself a job. Um, so, But for right now, I ride at the nearby ranch whenever I can. And Ruby didn't say it, but she's a heck of an artist, a very good artist. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's how I kind of compensate for my horseless life. And right you now. draw horses <laughs> excellently, and that's a very hard thing to do, is do horses mm-hmm. correctly. And and you're all of about 14 years old, if I remember right. 14, 15, right? I'm, 
I'm 15 now. Okay, so good. I'm 16 in September. <laughs> I think we first started talking to you in the morning show. You were like 11. It was, <laughs> it was early. Well, we appreciate you listening, and we do have a lot of teenage listeners to the various shows, and, and we appreciate all of you as well. Martha Coors, just like the beer, and she's from the beer state, <laughs> Michigan. How are you, Martha? I'm great, Glenn. Thanks. Are you a well. like grandchild of Coors and uh, a direct heir? <laughs> what I tell folks, no, it's K-O-E-R-S, not spelled like the beer. That's why I'm in Michigan, not in Colorado. Uh, <laughs> darn. Darn. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tried. And you're in the uh, yeah. you're in the upper you're upper Michigan. You're in a peninsula, or what's that? What do they call that? Up- I'm in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. We call this the UP, and if you're from this area, you're called a Uper. So um, I always say I'm not a Uper, but I'm the mother of a Uper, so that should count for something. And uh, there's a lot of nothing up where you are. Uh, it's, oh, yeah, it's pretty that's open. okay. <laughs> it's pretty yeah. open. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're pretty rural up here, pretty yeah. rural. A lot of farms and things like that. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's a very it's fertile area. I came up here. Oh, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's. Um, I was amazed. I didn't get into horses till obviously up here. My daughter got me in, and um, I was amazed at the because the winters are long up here, and uh, I was amazed that there was so many horse people uh, and so many horses actually up here, um, considering the short growing season and all that. But uh, yeah. Well, you started the answer already. Uh, a little bit about your horsey life. So your daughter got you into it. Oh, yeah. Yep. You know, she started probably when she was four or five, kind of with some friends, little ponies playing around. And then um, probably about middle school, she got serious. So she leased a horse. We figured, well, this is dumb. You know, why not buy a horse rather than pay to lease a horse? So about a year later, she she bought uh, a horse, her gelding. He's about 14 now. He's a Arab paint cross. And then, uh, soon after that, about two years, two, three years after we had him, I kind of, well, this is dumb. <laughs> and so she and I went shopping with all of our experience and, uh, I went and found, uh, pretty much my dream horse. Uh, she's a OTTB, uh, gray flea bitten mare. Uh, I, we're both middle-aged, so, um, we get along just fine most days. So terrific. And, uh, we, yeah, we board in a facility um, probably about uh, about 15 miles south of Lake Superior, so it's kind of nice. Very good. And uh, how long have you been listening to Horse Radio Network? Well, I've had my horse about uh, five years now, so I think I started kind of soon after doing the whole search. I've heard other people say search for what's out there because the radio up here is crap, and since I have a horse, I can't afford OnStar and all that stuff, you know? So, right. uh yeah, soon after that. I, I was trying to think. I've been well with you guys well before Jamie had the baby, and so it's just been kind of fun to, to listen to you guys. And uh, what shows do you listen to? Uh, Horses in the Morning, uh, Stable Scoop, uh, Every Once in a While, Dressage Radio. Um, so. And how do you listen? What do you listen on and when? Uh, my I download the podcast on my iPhone oh, cool. and pretty much on my way to work. Um, when I'm kind of getting my lunches and stuff ready for work on my way home from work. Well, terrific. All my downtime. Great. Terrific. And I forgot to ask Ruby, uh, which show, I know you listen to Horses in the Morning. Do you listen to any of the others? Uh, I try to listen to Stable Scoop when I can. Okay. Very wow. good. Well, let's, uh, let's, you guys had submitted some questions that uh, thought it would be fun to talk about, and we're going to get to those in just a second, but uh, I have one question for you. I'd like to hear the answer, and we can start with Mary. Uh, if you had the money to get your dream horse, what would it be? I have to admit, I think I have her. Oh, really? My, yeah, my Hanoverian Camilla. Now, the one caveat to that is... Be careful what you wish for, because you might get it. I've had her since she was two years old, so we've had 12 years of first life-threatening. She um, hit me in the head so many times, a neighbor was going to call uh, family services on my husband for beating me up, because so I, I had so many black eyes. And then I had to find a trainer who has been working with us for 12 years, 
And he just retaught me about horses, and I'm a much better horse person now because of Camilla. She's not anywhere near what her potential is, but we've grown together, and we have a pretty good relationship. So it really was green on green makes black and blue in the beginning. No kidding. No kidding. (laughs) It's not that I was particularly green. I had never run across a horse like her before. I'd always had thoroughbreds and Arabians before who were pretty congenial, but a warm blood has an entirely different attitude. <laughs> <laughs> well, how about uh, how about you, Ruby? Uh, hmm. I think I'd have to go with the Mustang because yeah, they're just so hearty and I don't know. There's no, I don't know. I just love Mustangs. So I think that would be the one uh, horse I'd like to get. <laughs> now, would you want to get a uh, broke one or do the Jamie thing? Yeah, I'd want to start off with uh, somewhat. <laughs> Very good idea. Maybe later on get a get a wild one. <laughs> Very good idea. And Martha? Um, well, I hate to kind of uh, echo Mary's sentiments, but I think I would... Um, go with the horse I have, you know, again, um, she's taught me a lot. I was a newcomer to riding and I'm sure many people would say, what the heck are you doing with an off the track thoroughbred? And she's a little flighty and sensitive and, uh, but you know, um, with training and working, we've really come together and grown together. She's, she's very patient. She's taught me a lot. And, um, you know, I'm appreciative of all that, uh, she's done for me. Um, I gratefully didn't experience the green on green, <laughs> black and blue, um, knock on wood. Um, so, you know, for that, I'm ever grateful. And uh, But I'm pretty much, I'm an OTTB girl, I think, if anything were happened to her. Um, you know, I've tried other people's horses, and they said, well, try mine just to get the feel. And I'm like, really? This is too much work to get you to go? What the heck? You know, I'm kicking, kicking, come on, go. We're, you know... My bell is just kind of like, hey, you know, I hardly even realize I'm touching and where we're going. So, uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a thoroughbred girl, so I don't know what to say. That's terrific. All right, let's, uh, let's get started. Uh, Martha, your first question yeah. was about vet care. Do you want to ask the other two that? Yeah, I just was, we, again, we are, again, rural area, and um we don't have uh, great access to, I guess the big thing is emergency vet care. And um, we did have one vet that kind of would do calls, um, and he's left the area. The vet we currently use is a two-hour drive from us. Um, she does come up and do chiropractic and the routine kind of stuff. She will take her and her practice will take phone calls, but we're kind of in a in a pinch if um, you need to get your horse to care or, you know, two in the morning and you need the vet out. And I was just wondering what others, if they've had that experience or um, what they might have done. Um, we've talked about getting a group of horse leaders together, kind of like a consortium to kind of go to a vet and say, hey, we're willing to kind of like have some cash available to, you know, guarantee care or um, it's just a real struggle. There's not a lack of vets in the area. There's plenty of small animal vets, but um, I guess they've just got burned out from equine, you know, visits and issues that they don't do them. Or if they do, they have a few very special patients that they see and that's it. Mm -hmm. So just curious to see if anybody's run into that. God, Martha, my heart goes out to you on that. When I read that as your your situation, uh, I've never experienced anything like that. My vet lives a good hour from us, and her backup lives a good hour in the opposite direction. But they both make it here. Um, We had one night where her backup just was on the phone and in and out of range, but she kept in touch with me all night long. And our university is two hours away, which I've had to make that trip a couple of times in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I think your idea of a consortium sounds sounds like a pretty good one. Right. Yeah, that definitely sounds like a good idea. Um, we live in a rural area, too, but I, I guess not as rural as your area. Uh, 
the oh, yeah. closest uh, animal, large animal that is uh, about a half an hour away. But uh, I don't know. I have no, I don't have a horse, so no, I've never experienced any trouble with getting a, a vet out here. But uh, that that he does make calls. I'm pretty sure too. Mhm. Yeah, I, yeah, I would do that. And one of the things I do with the vet and the farrier and everybody, and I'm sure you do it too. When they come, there's a check waiting for them, and mm-hmm. I want them to think my bill's paid when they hear from me, and that that mm-hmm. gets a, a good reaction in an emergency. Yeah. You know, to be willing to take phone calls and all that other stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. That's the yeah. The cash is on the barrel too here. You know, um, unfortunately, you know, I, I have a feeling that's kind of part of the reason that many of the vets have gotten out of it. It's just not a money maker. And no, they don't want um, to drive through the eighteen feet of snow in the winter to get to your house. That's why <laughs> they have to drive through eighteen feet to get anywhere out here. It doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, I just didn't know, you know, we've, uh, like I said, many of us have talked about it and um, we've talked to vets and, and um, yeah, it's almost kind of like they, a vet hears you have a horse and I go, oh, I'm not talking to you, I'm not talking to you, <laughs> I'm not going there. So, do, do you keep a good um, supply of banamine and other emergency? Um, we do, we need? do, yep. Yeah. Yep, yeah, I do. I we've made that discussion with, and like I said, the vet that we currently use that's two hours away, she would, you know, be open to have us trailer down, you know, and yeah. you know, our trailer is available and the truck's ready to go all the time, you know. Yeah. And yeah. I figure, in in all sense, in a lot of times, like you even said, your vet is is one hour away, another hour, you know, two hours is pretty reasonable to get to vet care, even if a vet was pulling call and available, they could very well be at another farm and not get to you for two hours or so. so exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah. But even they're limited. You know, if we were looking at going further, I've had uh, friends who board with us that they had an eye injury and they were heading down to near to Madison, Wisconsin, which is five, six hours to some of the bigger university right. hospitals. Wow. So, um, but, uh, you know, we all choose. I work in healthcare, and so I have a lot of patients that are like, well, why do I have to go this far for healthcare? Well, we have to look at when we choose to live. And so uh, um, it's kind of interesting that yeah, that's we have definitely to. definitely a that's big factor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, it sure at is. Least, so. At least you have a background in healthcare, so you you get some of the things that need to be done and how to do and, and what to do that that you could be talked through. Which exactly is not what you want, but, <laughs> but yeah. you know, my biggest concern is my horse is down, can't get mm-hmm. up, can't get in a trailer. Yeah. What do you do? And I'm yeah, with an animal one. that I care a lot about that is suffering. That uh, you know, so that's the. I really yeah. like your idea of uh, of the consortium, and I'm wondering if if you all got together like that and had a pool of funds, if you couldn't, and I know. I know of one or two other instances where this happens, uh, where you couldn't actually put a vet on retainer and actually between between the group pay them a monthly retainer. Uh, right. And it's sort of then it's a you know a financial motivation to that they're going to get paid something regardless. So yep. so I better make now the only problem with that is it can go the other way and they can get lazy on you. So uh, you know that's something to consider. Right, right, and then you have to have some sort of grouping together, forming, because people are kind of anxious about handing money over to, Mm -hmm. you know, there's just a... um, They're anxious until their horse colics, and then they're, they're, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, exactly, then they don't care where the money goes, you know. Right. So, interesting feedback, thanks. All right, very good. Let's go on to Ruby. You had a question about disciplines. Uh, yeah, I was just kind of wondering, um, you know, because I've not, uh, I've just been, you know, like, you know, I'm, you know, I don't have a horse or anything, um, but the question of discipline, you know, what discipline would I like to try or, um, or do when I do finally, uh, get a horse. So I was just wondering, you know, like, uh, if you could try any discipline, you know, what would you, what would you, you know, like to try? And, uh, also do you have like any trouble in your areas? Um, 
like in like Western dominated areas, you have trouble connecting with other people in like English um, and stuff like that. Because I know this is a pretty Western dominated area, but I would like try to uh, give English a try at some point. I personally, I'm a dressage rider, basically, uh, first mm-hmm. and foremost, and that has equipped me to be able to do just about anything I want. We trail ride. I've actually done a fraction little afternoon of cattle work and oh, cool. uh, fox hunt and uh, jump and all that stuff, and it all goes back to the basics of the dressage. And if you hmm. and good horsemanship, you know? is good horsemanship. Um, yeah. So if you can find a good, <clears throat> a good grounded um, Western horseman that's that's doing real horsemanship, um, that would be as good as anything. Areas. And you can transfer back and forth between the two. Um, but you have to get you have to be responsible for making yourself a good rider. And once you're yeah. a good rider, you can ride just about anything that's put under you. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, I, I again, agree with Mary. We need to talk, Mary. I know, yeah. Um, I Having been a new rider, you know, and literally I got on the horse and I thought you said, you know, Pull is woe and kick is go. Um, yeah. I am I am really learning to be the student and enjoying that. Um, the people that have been trainers that have been available to me pretty much are focusing on dressage, and um, but I think it's kind of the basics are the basics are the basics. Um, and yeah just to learn how to move with the horse and the instructions. You know, the the horse knows what they're doing. We just got to sit back there and get out, get out of their way. Um, We have a lot of Western pleasure up here. A lot of the shows are Western pleasure kind of focus, um, which is okay. Um, But there's a fair amount of uh, English and dressage uh, to tap in there. We don't have a lot of eventing in this area, a lot of uh, uh, trail riding. I've always also kind of thought the endurance riding, that's kind yeah, of that's uh, one another like thing. Yeah, you know, that would be a fun thing to try. Um, and the cool thing about endurance, I don't know if you've looked into it, is um, I can't think of the website, but if you Google it, they have where they kind of will have people that are willing to kind of take you under their wing. So, like, oh. if you even call and, you know, if you go, and I can't remember what the name they call these people, but where they'll say, hey, yeah, come along. We'll kind of show you the ropes. And these people, that's their whole role, which is kind of cool. You know, rather yeah. than a lot of times you go to somebody's shows, it's like, let's eat the young, and you don't know what they're doing. That You know, they're, yeah. they'll cut you in half versus build you up. <laughs> but um, I know. I think the actually they're riding, called sponsors. I think. Is that it? I think, yeah. It, yeah. And it, you actually get one. That's It's a kind of a formal program. So you would have your own sponsor and that sponsor. And I think if you're under a certain age, you have to have one. And you have to ride oh, with okay. that sponsor. You actually have to stay with that sponsor for the whole ride. And I, I'm pretty sure it's sponsor, although maybe I'm just thinking of AA. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> could be both. Uh, I think it's a sponsor. Yeah. But, you know, if you are thinking of different disciplines, yeah, that's the one way to kind of go where you kind of, you're not walking, you know, I've been that person drive into the show where you got the new trailer and, well, who are they, you know, and you get out and everybody looks at you and no one comes to say hi, you know, or anything. But, uh, you know, I think we really do need to do a little bit better job of welcoming yeah. newcomers in and encouraging that and, um, you know, being supportive. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would turn you back to the Horse Radio Network, actually. Um, <laughs> that stable scoop when Monty Roberts' daughter's on and oh, what yeah. they present there, that's super stuff. I I listen intently and and make out, a lot of times I can make immediate application. And actually cool. to listen to the dressage radio show because they give a lot of, they go into a lot of detail about riding and the the nuances of riding and the subtleties of riding and that's what makes mm. a real big dis, dis, 
yeah. different. And um, and as far as the universal application of dressage, there's a fellow named Steve Rojak, and he rode for the U.S. equestrian team in, in endurance um, a while back. He's kind of retired from that, but he has protégés, and um, they do basic dressage. He winters down here in Florida, and I've met him that way. And they have a dressage instructor. They have uh, a lot of resources, but they have a dressage instructor that instructs all of his endurance um, protégés. And mm-hmm. at the World Games in Kentucky, watching the the race, you could see coming over the hill his his protégé Bernardo, and you could pick him out from forever because the horse was was balanced and moving along, using its hind oh, end, wow. and he did really well. And I've, I've seen him in the dressage ring, you know, learning the shoulder in and all the other stuff mm-hmm. and learning collections so that they could apply it there, and it, and it works. So, wow. Um, yeah, so I would, I would you know, it's, they're, they're fun on the dressage show, but they also give some really, really practical information about riding. And Actually, that's probably the most technical ride. show we have. Uh, mm-hmm. The most educational and technical show we have. Oh, uh, the sales scoop's pretty good. Yeah, but I mean, uh, as far <laughs> as giving very detailed technical uh, yeah. tips and talking about mm-hmm. uh, the technicalities of riding, they, mm-hmm. you know, and that's because they're both Grand Prix riders, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, yeah cool. I agree with you. All right, cool. I'll to listen to them more often. <laughs> Yeah, now I only stand about half of what they talk about, but you might get more. Than <laughs> um, so, Mary, uh, let's uh, go back to you. You're facing a completely different issue up there, and I know this has been a, uh, a, a you know, something that you've been fighting for a while. Tell us about what's going on in uh, in northern Florida there, where you are. Okay, my county is one of the fastest growing counties in the United States, and um, hmm. The neighborhood that I live in, which um, is has about 240 uh, two-acre farms, anywhere from five and there are several five and ten, but most of them are two two acres, and it's been here 50 or 60 years, and we are surrounded by um, suburbia and and the 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 cookie cutter houses and all that, and we're an old-fashioned neighborhood, so it's very square. And there is one that is bubbling, literally a bubble into our neighborhood. Uh, and that one one homeowner, one farm owner would have ten houses on the backside of her property, right at the fence. Oh wow! Yeah. And fortunately, we found out about it in December. They had only been in the planning process uh, a couple from October at that point. Uh, and our I'll say one thing. Our community has what they call um, uh, neighborhood bill of rights, and I can call. We called into the you can call into the county and give an area. It doesn't have to just be your own house. It can be whatever area that you're concerned about, and you identify that area and anything that goes on in that area, um, especially with planning and zoning, but all kinds of other things too. You're sent an email. A lot of it I don't care anything about. Some of it I care a lot about, but it, your first notice on that, and I would suggest that people look into that in their neighborhood so they can know what's happening. But because um, uh, another friend of mine didn't find out until late, and they didn't even go ahead and have the hearing where the public was going to be available because nobody had shown up. And wow. we found in the last six months that um, the planning and zoning staff are only able to respond to citizens' concerns. They can't initiate. They only can respond. But as citizens, when we went to respond, uh, they, uh, when we went to initiate, they have responded and taught us the ins and outs of the system, the nuances of the system, uh, what we need to know, the planning and zoning uh, agency, the 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 non-staff, non-professional that actually do the rulings, they've all been out, seen our, our place, uh, seen our neighborhood and what our concerns are. There's school crowding, there their roads, and actually some of the older HOAs, the homeowners associations, the older subdivisions that are in our neighborhood have aligned with us 
because we share schools and roads and safety and all that, our, our shared concerns. And last Thursday, we had our hearing, which we had prepared for since December. And um, amazingly, they were denied. And actually, two plans were denied at that meeting. And in 16 years, nobody could remember. That's the, the longest person that was remembering um, where two had been denied in one night, and we were one of them. Uh, our, our meeting started at 7.30 and ended at 11.30 at night. But wow. I encourage people to do that because what we walked away from this and some of the kids that were there, because there were some kids there, uh, is that our system does work, but we have to take the initiative, and mm-hmm. we have to really work at it. We still have to go before our Board of County Commissioners to have it, approved the denial approved and and there's it's not over yet but we do have that one advantage and that one encouragement and um uh equine land conservation resources elcr and the national the american horse association were helpful in giving us some guidance too and and also our um our the the, uh the the county um Extension agents and things, and and that part through the university were helpful and are helpful in getting us all this figured out. But um, you you just have to be really aware because um, horse property is just not given a value in in the development eye, uh, in the developer's mind, or in in the county's minds, unless you stand up and say this is really important. So um, mm-hmm. that's that's my little deal. <laughs> And it is one of the biggest problems that we're all having. I mean, whether you're a exactly. fox hunter yeah. or a venting rider, it's it's not a problem. I mean, you you still have space in the Upper Peninsula there, but uh, you know, <laughs> you know, down Florida. Geez, you fly into Florida now and look down, and it is becoming one big development. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And actually, we get a lot of our hay from the Upper Peninsula because there's not a, we're losing hay land. Hay land. Oh really, yeah. That, yeah. And yeah, we pay you dearly for it, by the way. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, I'm sure our farmers aren't getting what you guys are saying. <laughs> well, you know, actually. a bale for orchard. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Oh, yeah. ouch. Yep. yep, that's correct. Well, you know, it's kind of funny <laughs> in, here in the UP, though, as much as we are, we kind of have a bit of a turf war, so to speak. There have been a lot of the state-run trails that... Um, we and um, bicyclists have been banned from because of the damage. So I think rather than choosing one over the other, they kind of banned both. Um, but there is an awful lot of two development. There are some groups in the area um, as kind of like on the periphery kind of heard that they are designating more and more equestrian trails. So we are lucky in that area, but um, there's, again, we still have to kind of be cognizant of certain trails we can't go on, you know, and share the trails. And I've always kind of laughed. It's like, come on, guys, there's all this room up here. We we can share. We can get along here. You just got to kind of give us a call. You know, let us know when you're coming up behind us. We'll get out of the way. We're good with that. <laughs> so. Right, right. Yeah. And the thing is, too, that... The riders, as well as the, my husband's a cyclist, that's how I got to the UP, because he was doing, going across the country on his bicycle. But both groups, all the groups, need to be willing to get out there and help maintain the trails and all. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a guy yeah. out west, I think you featured him one time, Glenn, who um, he has a big group, and he's kept lots of trails open in, I think it's Colorado, um, just by getting volunteers out there and clearing and it's if you're out there putting in the sweat equity, that gets recognized. You have to yeah. be proactive. Yeah. Yeah. Very yeah. good. It's, it's an important problem, uh, and I, I don't think we're going to solve it tonight. So, no. Uh, no. But it is something that we all have to be aware of. I know we live in an equestrian community, and, and more and more, this was started as an equestrian community with 400 homes that had horses, and now we're down to about 300 homes that have horses. And now we're starting to see the non-horse people bitch about us, people that have horses. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, yeah. you know, that's, that's starting. And we're an equestrian community. So, yeah. 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 You, you got to love it. it. It's kind of like, you know, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take a job 
working at the chicken farm, shoveling chicken poop. Right. <laughs> like the smell of chicken poop. Right. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> well, Ruby has a uh, Ruby has a lighter question for her second one. Oh yeah, I was just thinking about didn't I have another question? <laughs> it's just like um, I wanted to know because you know I don't have a horse, but I do have a lot of uh, different animals. Do you have uh, uh, any other animals besides horses? <laughs> <laughs> Martha? Um, well, hi, my husband, we rescued a yellow lab probably about two years uh-huh. ago, and we brought her home, and uh, she attached to him, and the funny thing is, her name was the same as my horse's name, so when we... <laughs> we the dog's and the horse name is Bella, so it's like, well, I'll say Bella, and he's like, what do you mean? She didn't do that. I'm like, the horse, because he's all about the dog. I'm all about the horse, and it's all good. So oh, jeez, we got to my... come up with little Bella and big Bella or something. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But uh, those are the only animals that my daughter has uh, recently. Her, um, her and her boyfriend, they got a... a his dog had a puppy, so they have that. He's Aww. about a year old. And he's some German Shepherd mix. And so you come into our house, you are greeted with very loud, vicious-sounding barks preceded with <laughs> licks and everything else. So that's what we got. What kind of animals do you have, Ruby? Uh, well, I have pretty good zoo. I have uh, three cats, three dogs, um, two desert tortoises, two uh African spurred tortoises and um, how many chickens? Uh, Twenty-three chickens and three turkeys. Wow! So yes, have you do have a menagerie. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, do. That's what we call it, the menagerie. <laughs> chickens are the thing now. Chickens are becoming the thing, aren't they, Ruby? No, well, which is a good thing with the um, that uh, bird flu that's going through all those. Uh, yeah, you're back. still going to have eggs, right? We won't, yeah. but you will. <laughs> yeah, we got plenty yeah, they're eggs. all golden now. <laughs> yeah, my mom actually has like a phobia. She does not want to eat store-bought eggs because they really they taste awful. <laughs> now, uh, the, the turtles, gone, where do you keep the turtles? Range, you never go back to store. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah, the thing yeah. we found out. Ugh. Yeah. Where, do, where do you keep the turtles, Ruby? Um, we have, uh, two pens. We have our big pen, which is where we have, um, our probably almost a hundred pound, um, African spurred tortoise or Sokata tortoise, um, Andy. Um, then we got the smaller pen, which has, um, our two desert tortoises and our younger, uh, African spurred tortoise. You know, I was thinking about the tortoises, you know how, uh, because... My pony pony got loose this morning. He got out of gate and decided oh. to run around the farm. Um, <laughs> and I was thinking about the tortoises. If they get loose, you have a chance of catching them. Uh, yeah, still like um, like Andy. He's uh, almost a hundred pounds now. We used to be able to pick him up, but now we can't. So what do you uh, have to do? Shoe him out. You're going to have to lure them back. But they go. They love strawberries or carrots. So you wouldn't be surprised how fast it would move for a strawberry or a carrot. So that's how we, <laughs> when he has gotten out, that's how we've gotten him back in his pen. Because <laughs> you can't lift him. <laughs> that's funny. I've never met anybody that had, had big tortoises like that. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm trying to imagine the size of the pen that you keep them in. I mean, it must be like uh, a stall. <laughs> Yeah, it's much bigger than this. So we've added like different sections on as um, he's gotten bigger. So it's like three different pens with like the openings and such. So um, I don't know about the exact size, but it's pretty big. You know, about this, probably about the same room as um, a you know medium sized house. It's just wow. a size comparison. <laughs> <laughs> so and then our smaller pen, it's you know. I don't know, probably 20 feet by 10 feet. Jeez. Wow. Wow. Who knew turtles <laughs> took up more room than your than a draft horse? Uh, really? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, they need the room. <laughs> they love to roam. So sometimes in the spring, if we uh, have a whole lot of grasses or weeds, we'll let them out. We just have to keep an eye on them. 
Well, you found out so much fascinating stuff about people when you ask, right? <laughs> yeah. Who knew? Well, we, we live on our ahead. farm. Yeah. Um, we One of our, our things is we've, we're trying to create wildlife habitat. So we have gopher tortoise. And um, this year, uh, very exciting in the last month or so, uh, there's a litter of foxes uh, in our backyard. Oh, cool. And oh, wow. They're, they're four adorable little babies. Are they and, red or they're gray? Not, they're red. red. And um, they're actually, the, the babies are now adolescents. And um, mm. I'll have to post That's a, a so video cool. on, on, the radio, on the Facebook. But one little guy is just really bold. And I'm, for the last couple of days, we've been sitting in the office, and he comes straight up to the window and stares at us. It is wow. amazing. And he, he, he's not running away or anything from us. We, we try and be, make it real comfortable for him, but uh, it, it's really fun watching that stuff. So those are my yeah. non-horse animals. That's they a, take care of themselves. So, so we yeah. got dogs, we- cats, foxes, chickens, turtles. What did we miss? <laughs> Uh, well, that's good enough, I think. That's pretty much a zoo. So yeah. Uh, yeah. You're, you're good. Well, now, I, Martha, I'm going to have to bail out on this question. Um, you had a second <laughs> question, too, and <laughs> I laughed. Just go ahead. <laughs> well, I was just wondering what kind of fitness routine anybody does to kind of... <laughs> yeah, oh, so yeah. To, to, to assist us in our riding endeavors. I mean, I'm... Uh, I'm of middle age, and uh, I guess over the last year I've taken up yoga. That's I'm uh, really enjoying that as far as core strengthening. But um, you know, literally, I uh, you know, as far as I have a trainer, it's and this is the theme of the trainers I've had over the last couple of years has been loosen the shoulders, <laughs> relax your hips, relax your back. You know, this and that, and um, I think it it. It does. It's a little uh, delicate to kind of be of middle age and not having ever ridden to kind of come to it and try and figure it all out. I have to watch out for that tendency for me to overthink it and concentrate too much. And um, so I just didn't know if there's anything anybody else does out there. No, I do yoga a lot. Oh, do you? I have the discipline to do it. Um, but yeah, building core strength and and all that is just. Mandatory. I'm I'm a little mm-hmm. bit older than you are, but uh, <laughs> th- that the yoga is one of the things that really keeps me going. And uh, I do have a, an old injury that affects my right side, and it bothers my hips. And every horse I ride, more than three to four times, has the same issues that I do. That they're they're like this magnifying mirror of whatever our issues are. And if mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, if they can't do it look to your own body part and figure yeah. out what you're doing to uh, to make it happen or, yeah. not, or keep it from happening. And and the yoga, you know, getting some kind of stamina going and uh, and just some basic strength, you know, good old crunches. Yeah. 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 You'll, end up fe- you'll end up feeling better and your horse will feel better and you'll just have an entirely different kind of ride. Yeah. yeah, I've noticed that as I've lately, the, my focus has been just really releasing and letting go and yeah. Uh, yeah. riding more from the hip and legs and less hands. And uh, uh, so, yeah, it, and I've noticed a huge difference. Yes, I can. Yep. And That's what you do. I, and I do ride bareback. There's sometimes we'll just, it, you know, it's a nice day. I don't have a lot of time. I don't feel like calling the saddle out. I will throw a halter on and a rope lead rope and we'll just go bareback, you know, for a little hack out in the woods. Yeah. Yeah. So Yeah, just carry that back to the saddle. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Bareback my friend rode. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we it was shorts and flip flops while we were riding uh um Yeah. (laughs) When we were younger. But, uh, yeah. I don't know. I'm just trying to lose uh, a few pounds. And uh, my family was going to try and uh, hike the Grand Canyon next uh, next year. So wow. trying to work up to, work up to that. So. Maybe you could well, get a donkey. Uh, <laughs> let them hike and you ride the donkey. 
don't know. I've heard that's pretty uncomfortable too. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think I'll be trying it. We're hoping we're going to get out the end of the year to see Jamie and and make a trip to the Grand Canyon. And all of us unanimously said we're not riding the donkeys down. <laughs> we're, just, oh. we're not doing it. Sense of adventure. Not even the good for the show. We're not doing it. So, <laughs> I don't care what that guy said about never anybody dying from falling off the donkey. Uh, yeah. All right, one more question we have time for, and I think it was, who did I miss? Uh, Mary, you had a second question, right? Yeah, I forgot what it was. Oh, how, this was a good question, too. How do you schedule your riding and have it be part, a uh, regular part of your week, especially, you know, Ruby had school and, you know, yeah. work and all that stuff. How do you do that? Uh, that's a good question. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. Go ahead, Martha. I would say um, I'm kind of like, it was kind of funny what you said. I'm kind of undisciplined, so I really have to schedule. And I like a class, and I like to have a trainer that I can set something up with on a weekly basis because mm-hmm. then it's, it, one, it gives me that focus um, to kind of prepare for, make sure I get a couple rides in. Um, so I'm ready for the next lesson. Um, I like going to a yoga class because that's kind of, again, a scheduled thing and I have to show up cause I'm, you know, on my own, it's like, Oh no, no time. I don't want to get up 15 minutes early to do this or that. Um, I work full time Monday through Friday and my barn is located halfway between my house and work. So I stop in most days to, you know, I'm blessed to get to do that. And so stop in, check on her, even if it's just to kind of go visit, say hi, give a treat or two, um, and then go from there. But, you know, I, it's just what I do. We, our family doesn't do a lot of other outside things. You know, my daughter's in college, so she's kind of onto her thing. And my husband is, uh, just happy to kind of be at home with his dog and, uh, so we don't, we're not motivated to do a lot of trips or four-wheeling or things like that. We just kind of like to be here in the environment we are in the Upper Peninsula and enjoying it. So um, I love it. I love work, stopping at the barn, getting home. Most nights I'm home 7, 8 o'clock, and this is what I do. Yeah. Sounds like you've we, got a great routine. Yeah, we, yeah we're, we're, recently, routine. we're recently retired, and there's no longer a routine where you have to be anywhere at any time, and it's amazing oh. how much you can waste. <laughs> yes, what yeah, happened? I hear you. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah, it always amazes me when the yeah. parents say, well, we don't have time for that. You did one five-minute thing today. You're retired. Uh, you know, exactly. and it's, it, it, that always amazes me, but it's true. When you have un, unscheduled time like you have now, it, 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 the days do just get away from you. And it's like, well, I didn't do anything. You know, when you yeah. look back at today, yet you were doing something all day long. It just, you know, maybe wasn't what you had planned or what you wanted to accomplish. Exactly. Yeah. And, that, and it just goes back to personal discipline. So, okay, and don't Martha. you say to yourself, how did I ever get all this done when I worked? No kidding. No kidding. <laughs> I worked, when I worked, I worked four times a week. And mm-hmm. I'm not doing that right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty bad. I just... From the house. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I just have to commit. And, like, a lot of times, like, when I'm on vacation, I'll say, okay, I'm going to do this for this many hours in the morning, and then my horsey time's on. Um, yeah. And that's kind of why I'm kind of glad I board for that reason. Um, is that, you know, my horses are a special place to go to, you know, aside from the cost and the money, but it's like, it's something I can go to. And I often consider if I was going to a gym or training for a bike race or doing whatever, I would still do that same thing. So, but it, to me, it's like, well, I'm going to go there because I'm paying a lot of money for this and I want to exactly, be present. Yeah. So that's kind of helpful too. I don't know if I'd be as motivated like you if you're they're 900 feet away from you. <laughs> um, you know, it's a little different. <laughs> well, I can get to that and I'll get to that in a little while. You know, and the, the hot summer yeah. days, yeah. it's going to be morning or evening, and I usually end up riding in the evening. So mm-hmm. yeah, um, it's like, you better get it done now. Go ahead. So, yeah. 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 I found, uh, um, yeah, just because I have a very busy schedule of school, I have lots of uh, extracurricular activities, uh, a lot of field trips and such we do. Um, 
just really committing, getting it scheduled and getting it on the calendar. Because my life mm-hmm. is basically, if it's not on the calendar, it's not going to happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So committing and making sure you have that time set aside. Okay. So yep. y'all are making me be accountable. Well, see, mine's easier. Jennifer <laughs> says, get out of your chair, get out of the studio, and go drive your pony. And that's what I do. So You just need a Jennifer, Mary. <laughs> that's it. I don't have any problems with commitment. It's all about go to the barn because he knows it changes my outlook on life 180 degrees. Yes. Like, Please go to the barn. Please go to the barn. He's pushing me out the door. So yeah, I do that yeah. to Jennifer, too. Yeah. Yeah. There's a reason my husband doesn't complain because I come home after the barn because he'd rather see me after the barn than before the barn. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. See, in the first five in the first five years of marriage, it's why are you always at the barn? And it, the then from then on, it's like go to the barn. So it's, <laughs> it changes after that five years. Well, thank you guys. This has been fun. An hour has gone yeah, by so quickly here. Oh wow! Already? Yes. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> that quickly. Uh, we're we're certainly enjoying doing these. If uh, you would like to become an auditor, I mean, you know, these guys are great auditors. And as I, I mentioned earlier, I think Ruby's one of our youngest. Uh, and you can pay sure. as little as a dollar a month. We appreciate all our auditors. And again, half that money goes out to the hosts who make practically nothing doing, none of us make a lot of money doing podcasting, believe me. So if you would like to help support that, just go to horseradionetwork.com and click on the banner in the middle of the page. Thank you all for joining us tonight. And thank all the listeners out there for listening. We appreciate you. You know, I just hope... I hope you guys can answer this question. I hope you guys realize how much the hosts appreciate our listeners, because we really do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, well, we appreciate you all. guys. Well, thank you very much. Yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Right, Take thank care. You. Thank you. All right, Bye. thanks. Bye-bye. We're getting together, Martha. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to get together. Yeah. Party time. Bye. All right. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs>